Hi, this is AJ Hogue. Welcome to the Effortless English Show, the show that teaches you to speak English powerfully. Today on the show, we have Teresa Snyder, who is a writer and author, and we will talk to her about both reading and writing. How do you improve your writing? How can you write English well, clearly, correctly, without making a lot of mistakes, communicating your ideas well? And how can you improve your reading ability, your reading speed, and your reading understanding, your reading comprehension? We'll talk to Teresa in just a few minutes about that and find out. As you can see on the show now, I'm trying a different uh, camera setup. Got the camera here, and then my computer's over here. So if I look to the side, I'm looking at my computer, and then I'm looking at you now. Mm, cool. So <laughs> welcome to the show. Let's talk to uh, Teresa Snyder about reading and writing. We'll talk first about reading and then about writing and, and ways that you can improve that. So let me uh, welcome her to the show one second. Um, Teresa Snyder is an author. She's, uh, she writes uh, science fiction and fantasy books, and they're excellent books. In fact, the way I met Teresa or found out about Teresa was through one of our VIP members who was reading her books. And Max recommended her books for all of our members because he said they're a great level for effortless English members, a great way to improve reading, and that they're really interesting and exciting books, so they're fun to read as well, which is very important. In fact, when reading, you know, one of the key things with reading is to just read books that you understand and books that you enjoy. For most people, that does not mean textbooks, no textbooks. Textbooks do not really help your reading ability. But a real novel, a real book, will, especially if it's fairly easy for you. And reading lots of books is really the simplest and most enjoyable way to improve your reading. So let's go to Teresa, to Teresa Snyder. Now, Teresa, what, in your opinion, what's the best way to improve reading for anyone? I think the best way is how you always purport is that you need to read constantly. You need to continually be searching out things that are easy for you to read. I, I like to use a little story about myself in the sense that when I was younger I was very very ill and I never went to kindergarten first or second grade and when I got into school I had not been homeschooled at all and my parents and the teachers all thought that it would make me self-conscious if they put me in first grade because I was very tall I've always been tall so they put me in third grade and I was totally lost and what happened is my mother who was a librarian but she was very frustrated when I would stumble over words and have difficulty reading so she wasn't a very good teacher but she did know that the important thing was to constantly read to improve and so she found things for me that were simple books about animals because I loved animals and so she would constantly be sending me these books or giving me these books and saying oh read this one Brighty you know it's about a donkey in the Grand Canyon <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so 
through that and then through a really wonderful librarian in high school, I am such a voracious reader now that I usually consume two to three novels a week. Ah, uh, that's fantastic. So, you know, this is, this is what I always uh, tell my students as well, that, I mean, you know, when you really think of it, it's such a simple answer. The secret to reading is reading. <laughs> you know? it's, it's just like that old saying, practice makes perfect. It really does. It really does. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. And I know when I got to high school, I was still reading out loud. I couldn't read to myself. I'd never learned that process. And so the librarian in high school took me to one side and she talked to my dad, who was a teacher also, and she said, you need to go in your room and get a mirror and sit in front of it and just read to yourself like you're reading to your, your, your own and, and talk out loud. That's fine. It's okay. And then take a few minutes and read to yourself in your head and don't move your lips. And it worked really, really well. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, it's, it's interesting because we, we share that love of reading because as a child it was the same for me. I mean, uh, I, I became, a, a, as you said, a voracious reader, a very hungry reader. And it was just for me because I, I loved it. And luckily my parents encouraged that. So I started with Hardy Boys books. I remember reading those, you know, little right. Hardy Boys mysteries. And then I really, the thing that turned it for me was The Hobbit. Oh, uh, yeah. My fourth grade teacher read The Hobbit to us in our class. Mm -hmm. And I just, oh, I thought I was the most incredible thing I'd ever heard. And then I tried, you know, I started reading The Lord of the Rings by myself. And I, I, I kind of struggled through it at that age. I couldn't really right. get to the end. But uh, a few years later, you know, I read all of The Lord of the Rings books and I became really, you know, hooked on fantasy and science fiction. Mm -hmm. I was raised on science fiction. All the old Ray Bradbury, The Martian Chronicles was one of my favorites. And um, because it had such soul, such great characters. In those days, the science fiction wasn't as techno babble as it is now you know it's it's hard because you get into some of those lines in some of the Star Trek books or whatever that just go on endlessly about oh the hyperdrive did such and such in the midterm of you know, yeah all these like, crazy made up right, science words right right right, right. <laughs> I, I I involved with the characters <laughs> yeah I agree Let's talk about writing now because uh, writing is something, you know, in my experience as, a, as an English teacher, uh, and, and, and this is true actually, not just people from other countries learning English, but, but Americans as well, that writing is a big challenge for a lot of people. And obviously, oh, not only did you learn to read, but you've, you've, you know, you're, you're a, a professional writer, you get paid for your books, you're selling novels. <laughs> So how did you how did you do that? How did you go from, you know, when you're really young, uh, kind of behind people with reading, and then reading a lot, and then now you're a, an author? What what were your well, my to that? when I couldn't read, I used to tell myself stories in my head because I've always had a vivid imagination, and my mother and father always encouraged that, and so I always told myself the stories. Then when I got into about Oh, it must have been junior high school. Mom said that she spent more money on me for stamps than she said for anything else because I had 35 pen pals. 
and that was back in the old days when in the back of like the 17 magazine, the teen magazines, you could pick up pin pals from all over the world. In fact, it was really funny because you living in Japan, I wrote to a young lady, Yoko Kojima, in Japan, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that pro Sounds properly good or to not, me. <laughs> but um, she wanted to come to America and live with us and uh, go to her last year of high school. And her father obviously wouldn't let her because that was back in the 60s. And um, but he said, "Oh well, you can go if um, you know once you get out of high school, you can go to college." And in the last year of high school, she met a guy and she got married. She now has three children, <laughs> but we still write back and forth. Oh. And so that writing daily on a daily basis, like you say, the journal writing is good. Also, any kind of communication, if you pay attention to what you're doing, if you're not just doing really short little tweets, there's nothing against tweets. I love Twitter, but but if not writing practice, really, right, <laughs> not re not not really writing practice because you have to abbreviate everything. But if you're writing like emails or something, take a little bit more time and and think about what you're writing and make it in full sentences and put the right periods, you know, and that kind of thing to get your point across properly. And from that you can grow. I mean, probably in my second year of junior high, I wrote my first novel by sitting in the bleachers at recess <laughs> with a girlfriend and writing it. And um, wow. I mean, it's it's still it's still not worth publishing and everything, but I did <laughs> write it. But I wrote my real first novel in 1990, which is The Helovite War, which is a science fiction. It's on Amazon now. And if you read that, and then you read like the third book, which is Old Friends, New Enemies, you can see a difference in my writing, honestly, because, because in that time period, in those three years that it took me to write those three books, I grew as a writer because I was reading more. I was paying attention to, oh, how do people write that kind of dialogue? How how do you get that idea of what that sky looks like right now and make a person picture it in their mind? So really the reading part is very intricately um, woven with the writing part. Yeah, you know, so, you've mentioned two, it's interesting because you've brought up two things that also that I've seen very powerfully, uh, both in terms of research for teaching people to read and write, and then in terms of my own experience. And the first one was, and I recommend this all the time, that to start with kind of a, a more relaxed kind of writing. Like you mentioned right. you had pen pals, so you're writing letters and letters and letters to all of those people everywhere in the world. Right. So nowadays, of course, super easy to do a blog and emails, so you can have, you can do it, you can easily find pen pals, and it's a good way to start writing, to get your ideas onto, you know, into text, into writing, without, unfortunately, I think, you know, what happens is a lot of people, they try, immediately, they're trying to write long academic essays uh -oh, yeah. about serious <laughs> topics, and, uh, you know, and it's, that's a tough thing to do for, it is, it's tough for, for anybody, I mean, I have students, I, I, run the print shop at the local community college and I have students that are working for me that there's one that wants to become a doctor, there's one that wants to be a gamer and write gaming programs in Japan so he's um, actually majored in Japanese and 
all of them come to me and hand me their cover letters for their resumes and say, well, th will you look at this, Theresa? And see, they've been through school. In fact, school is like newer to them than it is to me. I, I went through it years ago. But the thing is, is that they just don't quite have the grasp still of what you need to put in those and everything. So it's, it's hard to write technical stuff. It's a whole lot easier just to be fluid and and kind of free with what you're writing and to be able to do it with somebody that you know if you can. Well, and let's talk also about the writing, the process itself because you know, you're know you a professional writer so you, so you can talk about this process a little bit but I think another thing, another mistake, another mistaken idea that a lot of people have is that to be a good writer means that the first time you write something, you sit down and you write it, and it's perfect, and it's great. Oh, wow, no. you're awesome. You know, like you just wrote, sat down and wrote a whole novel the first <laughs> time in, you know, in like no, one day. No, no. I have, a, I have a, a good story about that one, too. Um, the first book, The Helivite War, that I wrote in 1990, the reason that it got started is because I broke my foot, and they told me that the more time I spent off of it, the faster it would heal. So um, I sat down, and when I sat down, I happened to have a word processor at hand, and so I started writing this book that had been in my head for years and years, one of those stories that I told myself years ago. Okay, so um, I wrote one every year for the next six years. So from 1990 to 1995, I wrote six, six different volumes in that series. All right, so last year, my writing group said, well, Theresa, are you ever going to write anything more to that series and I said oh yeah I have numerous ideas that I want to do and they said well why don't you write it and I said okay and so I started writing it and I got about oh I don't know maybe 73 or 74 pages in and I thought oh wow that's another idea and I went back to the first one because I'd never published it at this point okay this is before I published and I started tweaking the first one and changing things because I thought, oh, this would make this better, you know, because it's never really finished. You could continue to tweak all the rest of your, I, I could tweak forever. And that's the reason that I actually started publishing them is because now I can't do that anymore. I have to move forward. <laughs> I can't go back anymore because, because you, you can could. continue rewriting and improving oh, it. Yes, forever. yes, you can improve yes. it forever. And I always, one of my favorite lines is that I always read what I think I wrote. So mm. to me, it sounds good. And, and maybe I'll miss like little typos and stuff because it's the spelling is correct, but it's a difference between a you and a your and a your, if you know what I mean. And yeah. so, so it, it, or, or a choose and a chose or a lose and a loose and a loose and all those. And, and I always read what I think I wrote. So there's, you have to have beta readers. I mean, I'm sure you do with your book. You have people that are looking it over and. Well, yeah, editors. you know, like Everyone has an editor, you know, exactly. If any book that's going to be published, there's an editor, and that's true of, you know, Stephen King, too, who gets paid millions of dollars. Right. You know, he's got typing mistakes, and he makes spelling mistakes, and oh, he makes yeah. grammar mistakes, just like we do when we write. Everyone does. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, and the thing is, is that nothing, I mean, if an author tells you that they're sitting down and they're pumping out a book and not ever doing any rewrites on it, I think they're fibbing. <laughs> or it's a really bad book. <laughs> it's a really bad book. <laughs> That's right. Let's, um, well, finally, let's just talk about uh, your books, because... 
specifically, your books uh, have been recommended to me by you know my own students, by my own members. Max from Italy I guess, is the one you probably know best. Right. And can you talk about how how did Max find your book and how did he find you? Oh, this this is a wonderful story. Um, I originally put my started putting my books on um, Amazon the first of May of last year so they've been on there less than a year and my students said well you should get on Twitter and you should get on Facebook and you should start advertising these because you know they're so technically oriented when they're younger <laughs> and uh, so I said okay alright I'll do that and so I was on Facebook and a lady named uh, Carla in Italy got a hold of me and said I really like your blog because I've been writing a blog for years and years and years and it's a story blog it's one that I mean any of the members who wanted to could get on there right now and read one of the Farloff stories that I'm working on and so she said I really like your blog would you like to write something for my blog and I thought oh this is good advertisement you know I'll write something and then she'll talk about me in Italy because she has one that a blog that she writes in Italian but then she actually translates it into English because she's a translator well Max was one of her readers okay and Max read my article about how to develop a character and how important characters are in books rather than just all this blubub stuff that you have and so he um, actually sent me a message on Facebook and he said I'm laying in bed reading your science fiction book and I thought oh, how wonderful is that that a guy in Italy is laying in bed reading my science fiction book this is so cool and I was just so excited and so I you know I contacted him back and said oh thank you very much be sure to tell me how you liked it you know or if you liked it and he liked them and he worked all the way through the science fiction and then he approached me on the fantasy and he said what about these Farloft Chronicles and I said well there's five of them now there's going to be a sixth one in June and I said they're middle school whereas the science fiction is YA which is what we call young adult which is usually 13 to about 17 18 year olds and can be read by adults which is how the science fiction is it's just a fast cool read they're very um, character driven but the Farloft Chronicles, the fantasies, are what we call middle school. So they're for nine-year-old to about 13-year-olds. And so they're a little bit less um, challenging word-wise. And I told okay. him that, and he said, well, I'm using it to improve my English, so this is going to work great. I'm going to read them. And I said, okay. So then Farloff got his first audiobook. And Max said, oh, I love the audiobook. I can sit with the ebook and read along with a, and listen to the audio and the guy has really good diction and I can hear the pronunciation and I've he did everything you told him to do AJ he broke That's it down great. into little 17 minute sections and he was rereading them and re-listening to them over and over and over again and he said this is so good he says I'm gonna connect you with my friends on Facebook because he has a group that he's on on Facebook so I did some of these conference calls with them and answered some of their questions and talked to them about it and um, we just had a lot of fun and he said I'm gonna introduce you to AJ and there we are. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. That's great. Oh, I'm so glad he found you because you know that is a perfect level for a lot of a lot of our members, especially who are you know 
it could be called intermediate level, right. and uh, that middle school level is a great place for them to start reading novels. And and it's so much more interesting to read a cool story with interesting characters than you know, doing some textbook horrible oh, yes. thing. That... No. It's, it's not a way to learn. And, and you find, I know I learned German through a textbook, okay? And I took four, six years of it in school through junior high and high school and even my first year of college. And I honestly only remember the things that were phrases that I memorized. And so I couldn't speak German if you sent me to Germany right now. And it's, it's, I don't think that's the way to learn. I think the way that you're purporting to learn is much, much better. I think the retention is better. I think because you're enthusiastic about it and you're inspired by the idea of it, that that makes you feel more confident about doing it yourself. And so I, I think that it really is a good way to learn, excellent way to learn. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, on Twitter, uh, your, your tri Twitter is what? It's at Teresa Snyder 19? 19. That That's me. Uh -huh. At Teresa Snyder. And I'll retweet your, I'll, I'll tweet out your uh, address and send me your uh, links to your uh, website. What's your website? Um, my website is actually TeresaSnyderAuthor.com. It's real easy. Just my name with Snyder author. Author.com. Uh -huh. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. It was great to finally talk to you. I'm glad it we is. Finally... Excellent. I'm so glad we finally connected. You take care and have a great Sunday. Bye-bye. Okay, thank, thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Great, so now it's time for question time. And that is when I answer your Twitter questions. So my Twitter is twitter.com slash AJHogue, A-J-H-O-G-E. You can ask me questions about reading and writing, and uh, I can answer those or about anything. Let's go to Twitter now and see what questions we have. Let's take a look. Okay, okay so here's a good comment from Ataova. Says the first time I read Jane Eyre three times, and I was very proud when I understood the whole meaning of the story. Fantastic! Now, see, that's a Jane Eyre's a classic book. Obviously, uh, it's definitely higher than middle school level. So, if you can read Jane Eyre, that's that's amazing. It's fantastic. The point is, when you read a storybook, what happens? A good one, one that you like, you get lost in the story. Right? You, you sort of, the book pulls you in and you, you, you get really excited and you start imagining the action. You imagine what's happening in the story. You, you see the characters in your mind. You see the action. So what are you doing in your brain? You're actually connecting these images, these thoughts, to the English words. It's happening automatically. You don't need to think about it carefully. It automatically happens. You're also when you're reading a good book that you like, you're also feeling some emotions, you know, about the characters, about the story. Those emotions are being connected to the English. All of this helps you remember it and to understand it better and eventually to use it more. That's why reading storybooks that you like, that are understandable, is so much more powerful. Because when you read a textbook and you just try to memorize some list of words, or you're reading some story in a textbook that's really boring, 
and I think they're usually really boring, and then you have to do some exercise and answer a bunch of questions, uh, which is not fun. Uh, what happens is, you know, you're not really connected to that, and you're not imagining it deeply and feeling strong emotions, so the learning is less with the textbook. I mean, that's really what's happening psychologically. So this, that's why it is so much more powerful with reading to read storybooks. And it's a great idea to start at around a middle school level, about the level of the Farloft books, it's the name of the books, that Teresa has, has written. So um, get yourself some books and just start reading for fun and, play, and get into the story. And just forget about the English. Focus on the story and the images in your mind, and the English will start happening automatically. In fact, you really will learn best when you completely forget that you're reading English. You, you're so excited about the story and interested in the story that you're not even thinking about the language at all. When that happens, you start learning unconsciously and automatically, and it's quite powerful. So, great, fantastic. So I'm answering your questions on Twitter, twitter.com slash AJHogue, A-J-H-O-G-E is my Twitter address. Type them in there. So, uh, Julia, our superstar Julia says, uh, I enjoyed the conversation and I want to improve my reading and I also look forward to your book, AJ. Yay, thanks. My book uh, will be coming sometime this year. Uh, I'm rewriting. We mentioned in the conversation, Teresa and I, that this process of writing, uh, when you're writing something serious, something important that needs to be you know, good, <laughs> maybe something for work, or school, or something like that. When you do something important, you actually rewrite it. You write it many times. This is another reason why tests, like English tests, are, they're not real world. They're nothing like the real world. Because if you do a TOEFL test or something like that on the writing section, you only have a short time, right? They, they, have, they tell you to write an essay about something, a few paragraphs. They give you some serious topic that maybe you don't even care about. And then you have to write about it. But you have no time. You have to write it. You only can write it one time because you're trying to finish the whole test. And then you hand it to them, and then they correct your mistakes and say, oh, you made a lot of mistakes. Well, of course, even professional writers make mistakes the first time they write something. That's not how it works in the real world. In the real world, if something's important, you write it, and it has mistakes, and it's not very good. That's normal, even for great writers, that's normal. Then what do the great writers do? Then they maybe put it to the side, they come back the next day or the next week, and they, oh, then they, they look and they say, oh, this is not very good, and they, they find their own mistakes, and then they write it again and make it better. And then after doing that a few times, they give it to a friend or some, a colleague, a coworker, something like that, another writer maybe, and the friend reads it and gives them ideas. Oh, this isn't so good. Maybe, you know, maybe change this. This is confusing. And so then the writer writes it again. And then finally, if it's very important, they give it to an editor, a professional editor. And the editor, once again, goes through, finds the mistakes and corrects them, and gives them suggestions to make it better. So it's this long process to make some writing that's very good for something important. And that's why a test is really not a real test, because it's not like the real world. In the real world, you have a lot of time, and you write things many times. 
Okay, let's keep going. Uh, Jakub Jaworski10 asks, good question here, can I be a great English speaker without reading? Yes, you can. You can certainly learn to speak very fluently, very powerfully without reading. So why would you want to read? Well, reading especially helps vocabulary. It will build the amount of words. In fact, reading is probably the best way to learn vocabulary. The other great thing about reading is just that it's a great way to get a lot of great information. So yes, you can be a great listener and speaker, and that's fantastic. But it, one of the great advantages of reading is that you can get online, you can find all these amazing books in English, and especially with English, there are amazing books on many, many topics, and you can learn so much by reading. Don't think of reading as some job, I must learn to improve my reading. Just enjoy it. When you want to learn something, find a book and read it in English. When you are interested in certain kinds of topics, you know, read about those topics in English. It's, don't make it into some serious job. It's not. No. But the short answer to that question is that certainly you can learn to be a powerful speaker with simple vocabulary and you don't have to do a lot of reading. I think just reading has its own benefits, though. It has many benefits. Okay, let's go back here. I'm going to I'm going to retweet some of Theresa's uh comments here about reading um resources where you can find books. Okay, so Charlie, our, another one of our superstars over in France, he says, uh, you can say that again, AJ, forget about learning. We'll use the quotes here. Enjoy reading a story you like. Instead, just do it. Get her done. He's talking about a comedian get, with a famous phrase, get her done. So again, what, what Charlie's saying is that, and I've, just, I've found this with my own learning with Spanish, uh, and, uh, that when I make it something serious, when I'm really serious about it, I gotta study Spanish, oh, I must study Spanish, oh, I must achieve a high level of Spanish, then I just get stressed and bored, and then I wanna quit. But when I just say, oh, I'm just gonna have fun, I don't care, I don't care if I become good, I don't care anything, I'm just gonna chat with my friend in Spain, and I'm gonna read some fun books that I like, that are kind of interesting stories. When I do that, I actually do it much more, because I enjoy it, I love it, and then because of that, I'm actually learning a little bit more and improving. It's the same in English. Don't you know, you, We've been poisoned by school in many ways, meaning that school makes, gives you this attitude, this idea that English is a serious subject that you must study. Oh, and it's very serious, and you cannot make mistakes. Mm. And so it's this heavy feeling that's not very fun. Uh, it's, it's, it feels terrible. But if you just relax and you just think, I'm going to read some fun stories that I like in English, there's, there's nothing heavy about that. There's, it's not serious. It's not difficult. It's just fun and easy. You get to read a story about a dragon. That sounds fun to me. If you like dragons and fantasy, then read Theresa's books. And if that's not your thing, if you prefer romance, well, there are lots of romance books in English. And some of them are easy and some of them are more difficult. Find one that you like and just read it. Enjoy the story. Just enjoy it. Or you can read about nonfiction. Find a, if you like motorcycles, read about motorcycles in English. Just to relax. And it's the same with your listening, by the way. Listen to interesting, fun things. That's why our Effortless English topics focus on topics that are interesting and useful for your life. 
help you achieve success and leadership and happiness and more fun in your life. Okay, I'm going to answer one more Twitter question and then the Effortless English News coming up next very briefly and then we will be done for the day. Let's see if we have any more Twitter questions very quickly. Okay, this is a, a great question, fi our final question from Adnan Kazimnan. It's a Twitter name. I don't know how to pronounce it. He says, uh, Sir, should we read only real and nonfiction books or also fiction? Because they're not real stories. Either one, they're both fine. It, it just depends on what do you like. Some people prefer fiction. Fiction's great. Fiction stories are fantastic. So if you like fiction, read fiction. If you prefer you know, more kind of like real stories, not fantasy, then you could read things like Hemingway at a higher level or easier versions of kind of real life stories. You could read mysteries. You can read fantasy books like uh, the Farloft books. You could read science fiction. It's up to you. But some people don't like fiction so much and they would like to read instead nonfiction. They might want to read more about business if they're interested in business. Or maybe, maybe you're really interested in pop culture and actors and actresses. So you read gossip magazines. That's okay. So there's not a right answer. The, the, the right answer is what's interesting to you? What do you love reading? What makes you happy? What makes you excited to read? That's what you should read. So it's very individual. Everyone has to choose reading that is, is uh, best for them. So I can't tell you exactly. You must always read fiction or nonfiction because it's not true. The truth is, is you read what you love. And you, maybe you need to just try a lot of things and find what you like. If you don't know, then try lots of things and you'll start to find certain writers and certain kinds of books that you enjoy. Focus on those. All right, thank you for your Twitter questions. Now, really quickly, the Effortless English News, what's happening in the world of Effortless English, and also with our friends over at Learn Real English and Business English Conversations. Well, uh, some exciting news I mentioned last week. I'll give you an update now. We are going to do a culture show, something like this show, on American culture, focusing on the real American culture. The title so far is Real English, Real America. I'll be doing that show with my best friend, Kristen Dodds, who is from Learn Real English, who was my guest last week, in fact. So we're still planning to do that. We're going to meet again this week to discuss the topics and to schedule the very first show. So that show will focus, uh, this show here obviously focuses more on, on English learning and on success in general, career development. Those topics are what I talk about in the Effortless English show. In the... Real America, Real Culture show will focus more on culture, especially North American culture. And that's our update for Effortless English News. As always, to get our Effortless English courses and to, to learn with Effortless English, go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com. You can also join our free email course at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. So join that course. And I will see you again next week. Have a great day. Good talking to you. Bye for now. See you later. Enjoy your English learning. EffortlessEnglishClub.com.